from the HPP studio. You're listening to the 93rd episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast. HPP, I'm Dorian, and on today's podcast, we take the 7 train with Mr. Met, move from Los Angeles to Toronto with Mitch White, celebrate the World Baseball Classic qualifiers in Panama, watch the Atlanta Braves hit home run after home run versus the New York Mets, and wave our magic potion wand to preview the 2022 playoffs. Before we do all that fun things, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking because I've already started drinking. Of course, (laughs) I'm going back to good American local brewery beer, helping the American economy, trying to fight inflation. In my hand, I have a beer called Grim Weisse. It's a Hefeweizen wheat ale from an American brewery called Grim Artisanal Ales in Brooklyn in the house. Brooklyn, New York. That. That was not, I don't know where that accent came from. It was just nonsense. So as you, as you start singing in a New York state of mind or, I don't know, Jay-Z or something, I'm going to have another drink. And I'm raising a toast to both the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. Because by the way, to get to, if you live in Manhattan or, yeah, if you live in Manhattan or even in Brooklyn, you got to take the, do you have to? Yes, you got to eventually take the seven train out to City Field where the New York Mets play. And as you as you may or may not know, if you're in Manhattan, you walk out of the you walk you literally walk up the stairs <laughs> because the subway system in New York is so old that they don't have escalators. You have to walk up. Everyone's wearing a Yankee Yankees hat. The moment you get into the subway and you end up in Queens or down in Brooklyn, everyone's wearing a Mets hat. Or a lot more people are wearing Mets hats. So it's a completely different world. And so obviously Brooklyn, we're cheering the New York Mets. And also, I guess, the New York Yankees since, you know, they're a couple of stops away on the 7 train. Well, no, you don't you don't take the 7 train to get to Yankee Stadium. But you understand, to get to Manhattan. Because I think you've got to take the 1, 2, or 3 up to Yankee Stadium. Because in 2022, this is the first time that both the Mets and the Yankees are in the playoffs. And that in back in 2015, the Mets finished with a better record than the Yankees. And in 2022, drum roll, the Mets finished with a better record than the Yankees. This year, the New York Mets finished with 101 wins and 61 losses. And the New York Yankees finished with 99 wins and 63 losses. And if you remember, back in 2015, in the playoffs, the Yankees ended up, their, their playoff run was very short. They ended up losing the wild card game to... The Houston Astros. Always, it's always the Houston Astros that end the New York Yankees' dreams over the past seven years. And the New York Mets, they went all the way to the World Series, but and, and they ended up losing to the Kansas City Royals, but they made it to the World Series. And if you remember, that New York Mets pitching staff was insane. That was like super worrisome for someone like me who was an Atlanta Brave fan. They that Mets starting pitching, starting, excuse me, the Mets starting rotation had Matt Harvey, which was at the height of the Dark Knight mania. He was dating supermodels, and he was a good-looking guy, and he was going to be the Cy Young Award winner in the future. We talked about Matt Harvey in Episode 70. My God, how the mighty have fallen. It's sad that you know Matt Harvey has just tumbled down so far. But that 2015 starting rotation for the Mets also had Jacob deGrom, Steven Matz, Noah Syndergaard, and everyone's famous, famous, everyone's favorite rotund character, Bartolo Colon. <laughs> and you know what? Who was the catcher on the New York Mets team? A young man by the name of 
Travis Darnot. Now, Travis Darnot is the catcher, the starting catcher with the Atlanta Braves, and he's looking to play in his third World Series because obviously he played in the 2015 World Series. He played in the 2021 World Series of the Atlanta Braves, and he's looking for his second title in a row because, of course, the Braves are the defending champions. We'll talk about the Braves and the Mets a little bit later, and it's a lot more later. By that time, I'll probably be finished with this delicious beer. Hold on one second. And if we're in New York, we're in Queens. We can just head over to LaGuardia and take a quick 90-minute flight to Toronto and welcome, well, have a belated home, belated, uh, belated homecoming. No, a belated housewarming party for Mitch White. He is a pitcher with the Toronto Blue Jays now, but originally he's a California kid. He's from San Jose. He went to college in Santa Clara, so he's super, super California. And it reminds me of that song from Phantom Planet. California, California, here we come. All right, the karaoke session's over. But Phantom Planet was famous for that song, California, which ended up being the theme song to that Fox show, uh, The O.C. This was like 15 years ago. And the drummer of of Phantom Planet was... The actor, Jason Schwartzman. I love Jason Schwartzman. He's a tremendous actor. Since Mitch White is from San Jose, you have to remember that just north of San Jose is Mountain View, where the Apple overlords live in their spaceship, creating the iOS 27.3 and monitoring everything you do and every podcast that you listen to. (laughs) But let's get back to Mitch White in California, because he's now with the Toronto Blue Jays. And I saw him pitch against the Tampa Bay Rays, I think it was last week that the Rays, I think a week or two ago. No, it was like must have been about a week that the Rays were up in Toronto playing. And I, and I saw Mitch White, and I'm like, what the heck? Where have you been? I didn't even know that he was in the, <laughs> I didn't even know he was in the Dodgers system anymore. Because again, he used to be with the LA Dodgers. He's a super California kid. He's from Northern California, and he played for the Dodgers for the past like four years. But apparently, the Dodgers traded Mitch White to the, to the Blue Jays back on the 2nd of August. And the Dodgers received a couple of like minor league players in, in in exchange. And I like Mitch White, but I was looking into his numbers and he actually was a better pitcher with the Dodgers than he is with the Blue Jays because he, I think he was with, uh, he, he pitched with the Dodgers for about 15 games and now he pitched with the Blue Jays, I think for about 11 games. So almost, almost 50-50. But his, Mitch White's ERA plus with the Dodgers was 114. Again, ERA plus average player for average pitcher, excuse me, is 100. So his 114 is good. His ERA plus with the Blue Jays, 51. Again, ERA plus for a pitcher, the average is 100. Mitch White is at 51 with the Blue Jays. It's not good. Mitch White may not even make the playoff roster because the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be hosting the Cleveland Guardians. He's... He's not going to get a starting pitching job in, during the playoffs. And again, he, he might not make the playoffs because the Blue Jays have good relievers. And you know, he's not going to get a place before Jordan Romano, Anthony Bass, David Phelps. But he may be on the alternate squad or whatever the heck they call it. And you know what? Congratulations to the city of Toronto, the Blue Jays, because they're going to be hosting the Seattle Mariners. What, why did I say that they were hosting the Cleveland Guardians? I think the Hefeweizen has already gotten to me. The Toronto Blue Jays are hosting the Seattle Mariners because the Blue Jays 
are going to have home playoff games for the first time since 2016. That was six years ago. And Toronto fans are crazy for their sports team. And so that that the Rogers Center where the Toronto Blue Jays play is going to be insane for those two, potentially three games against the Seattle Mariners. Cheers to Mitch White. Welcome to Toronto. Uh, even though you may not play in the playoffs, but cheers to the Toronto Blue Jays for winning a playoff spot. And they're going to host a tremendous party this weekend in Toronto. And you know what? You already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a drink. But before that, or no, after that, the playoffs here in Major League Baseball are just starting. But in another place, the playoffs have just ended. And I'm specifically talking about the World Baseball Classic. Last week, when we had DiCarlo back on the, the podcast, I, ta- I, told, I asked him about Great Britain and how Great Britain and the Czech Republic clinched a spot from the European qualifiers from the World Baseball Classic. By the way, if you've never heard of this, the World Baseball Classic is the World Cup for baseball. It's going to take place in March 2023, and, they, and this past week was the Latin American qualifiers for the World Baseball Classic. Six teams took place. Six teams took place. Six teams played, and the top two teams qualified for the actual World Baseball Classic in March. It was a double elimination format. Panama took the very first spot. They were awesome. They were the home team. They had tremendous fans, as you can imagine. They 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 only had to win two games because they got a bye into the second round. They won both of their games. They, Panama didn't give up a single run versus Argentina or Brazil. That's crazy. The second spot was earned by Nicaragua. Nicaragua beat Brazil yesterday on the 5th of October for the final spot. Nicaragua had to play four games because they lost their very first game against Brazil. And they went to the loser's bracket. And so they were, they were on thin ice because one more loss, they would have been eliminated. But they managed to rip off three games in a row. I love that Nicaragua had... For home runs, they had a home run hat, kind of like what the L.A. Dodgers, excuse me, the L.A. Angels of Anaheim, of the Disney Corporation. They're not owned by the Disney Corporation. But if you remember, many episodes ago, I was I talked about the L.A. Angels and their home run hat. So anytime a player hit a home run, they gave them a hat. Nicaragua had the same thing. They just gave anytime their player hit a home run, the hat to wear in the dugout. They beat Pakistan's brains in. As you can imagine, like, why was Pakistan playing in the Latin American qualifiers? Again, there's not too many teams in Southeast Asia, not Southeast Asia, excuse me, in that part of the world that play baseball. So Pakistan made it out of that region and played in Latin America. But Nicaragua beat them 12 to nothing, and the game was over after seven innings because there's a mercy rule in, in, in the World Baseball Classic. And then Nicaragua went ahead and they came from behind to beat Argentina. One of the star players that they have is a is not even a young man. He's a he's a veteran, Dwight Britton. Dwight Britton, he he originally was part of the Seattle Mariners farm system. Back he signed with them back in 2004. He went up to I think high A or maybe maybe even double A, but for a long time now he's been playing as professional in the Nicaraguan league. He drove home the game-winning run against Argentina. And he said, quote, it feels great to represent my country and help them win. We've done a good job so far, but I hope we can keep it going, end quote. That was right after they beat Argentina. And they did because they ended up beating Brazil. And now Nicaragua and Panama are going to be the two two last representatives from Latin America to play in the World Baseball Classic in March. 
That's going to be amazing. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you watch the World Baseball Classic in March. Don't watch spring training. No, no, no I'm not going to tell you what to do. Go and watch your favorite team in spring training, whether it's in Arizona or Florida. But there's going to be the World Baseball Classic. The best players are going to be there. Your, Manny Machado is going to play. Mike Trout is going to play. Jose Altuve is going to play. It's it's going to be um, Jonathan Loisiega, that the best relief pitcher. Well, until he got injured from the New York Yankees, he's Nicaraguan. He's going to play, represent the Nicaragua. He's going to pitch with the Nicaraguan team in March. It's going to be amazing. A couple of things that I liked, maybe no, a couple of things that I found peculiar about the World Baseball Classic qualifiers was there the stadiums have so much foul room. If you go to a baseball state, if you go to a baseball stadium in Major League Baseball, like the the fans are on top of the players. I mean, there may be what twenty feet of foul territory between third base and the the, the stands or first base in the stands. In the World Baseball Classic, I mean, there's like. 40 feet, 50 feet. It's almost like watching a game from like the 80s or 90s before they started making the foul the foul area shorter, just obviously to put more fans in the stadium. And also in some of these like high leverage games, again, the, the games against Argentina, against Brazil, the, 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 with Pakistan, with Brazil watching Nicaragua, there were mistakes in the game. There were more mistakes I think that they stood out because this was playoffs. This was an elimination game. And just like the Major League Baseball playoffs, which we'll, we're going to be talking about in a few minutes, usually the teams are well-matched. It's the mistakes that separate teams in the playoffs. And it was the same thing that happened here at the World Baseball Classic because Brazil just kept making lots of mistakes. Nicaragua made mistakes too. I'm talking about defense with a glove. But then Nicaragua was able to take advantage of them. And now they're celebrating and they're going to the, again, the World Baseball Classic. Congratulations to Panama. Cheers to Nicaragua. And you know what I don't like? No one is talking about the World Baseball Classic. If you remember, the World Baseball Classic was part of an idea of, what was that guy's name? Bud Selig, the former Major League Baseball commissioner. Go onto MLB.com website right now, or maybe in a few minutes. You will not find any news, not none whatsoever, about the World Baseball Classic. Zero. You have to actually go to the search part of MLB.com and type in World Baseball Classic. And then then articles will show up. But you could scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll all the way down on MLB.com. Nothing about the World Baseball Classic. This is, the four, this is a showcase that happens every four years, just like the World Cup for soccer. Football. But MLB doesn't care. And you know what? Shout out as well. Not just to Panama and Nicaragua. Shout out to the only podcast that's been talking about it. The show before the show. Check them out. I, I listen to them every week. The show before the show. And shout out to Tyler Ramon, one of the co-hosts for the show before the show. He was one of the commentators for all the, the Latin American qualifiers for World Baseball Classic. So I love that I actually not not only could I watch the World Baseball Classic, but then I also listened to a podcast where Tyler Mon talked about his experience calling the games in Europe and also now calling the games in Latin America. Going back to Pakistan, how peculiar it is that Pakistan played in Latin America. This Pakistan baseball team, they had a 16-year-old pitcher by the name of Aman Khan. A-M-A-A-N, Khan, K-H-A-A-N, K-H-A-N, excuse me. 
He is a rising, what, sophomore, junior, whatever age you were at 16, from Lane Tech High School in Chicago, Illinois. He was, he's an American kid, but he's pitching for Pakistan, which is insane. Aman Khan was, he led his team to the JV high school championship last year. I mean, what the heck were you doing when you were 16 years old? I know when I was 16, I was probably doing something stupid and I was not being called up by like my parents' family, my parents' country of origin to pitch in the World Baseball Classic qualifiers. Cheers to Aman Khan, man. That's insane too. And he actually did pretty well because you can tell the dude's talented and hopefully he ends up getting a scholarship to play at a high level of college baseball or maybe even getting drafted directly from high school. I don't know, but I thought that was super interesting and super cool. And here's the thing. Aman Khan wasn't the only teenage pitcher on, on Pakistan. By the way, Pakistan didn't only have teenagers on it. I'm just highlighting the, the, the outliers, which I think was very interesting. They did have grown men, obviously, on the team. There's another team, another team, another pitcher. But he's actually from Pakistan by the name of Saeed Shah, 18-year-old kid from Lahore Grammar School. He just, apparently he just graduated from Lahore Grammar School in Pakistan, Saeed Shah. He was saying that he wants to gain a scholarship in the U.S., obviously to further his education and obviously play baseball. He wants a baseball scholarship. So whatever it is that you want, Saeed Shah, I really hope someone offers you a scholarship to play baseball and to come and have a fantastic education here at in, in some university for to further your life and your career. And by the way, people. Baseball is not the national sport in Pakistan. Soccer football is also not the national sport in Pakistan. It's cricket. Cricket and baseball are like cousins. So a lot of these fast bowlers, which is what they call them, the people that throw the, the ball in cricket, a lot of them could potentially transform to be pitchers. So I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but baseball is a growing sport in Pakistan. I'm very excited what's going to happen over there. I'm excited for Panama. I'm excited for Nicaragua. Speaking of college stars and college baseball, there's another former college star that plays for the Atlanta Braves. He was a college star and a national champion with the Vanderbilt University Commodores. Man, I've said this various times. Vanderbilt baseball is the Alabama of college. What Alabama is to college football, Vanderbilt is to college baseball. I'm talking about shortstop Dansby Swanson. Then I had to have a pause there because I was drinking more of this Brooklyn Hefeweizen. He homered this past weekend. He homered in three straight games in a humongous series against the New York Mets when the Atlanta Braves swept the New York Mets. I was super surprised. I wasn't shocked, but I was super surprised that the Braves beat the Mets three consecutive times. I was like, hopefully the Braves can beat them two out of three times. But I sure I did not expect the Braves to beat to sweep them. And Dansby Swanson didn't hit home runs off a bunch of bumps. The New York Mets, I told you earlier, they've won 101 games this year. They have um they have a really really good team. But Dansby Swanson said, "I don't care who you who you're pitching. I don't care who your pitchers are. I don't care if it's Max Scherzer, I'm going to hit a home run. I don't care if it's Jacob DeGrom, I'm going to hit a home run. I don't care if it's Dwight Gooden, I'm going to hit a home run." <laughs> and he did it. 3 straight games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Ultimately, the Braves hit seven total home runs. The Mets only hit three. As we get closer to this playoff preview, 
everyone keeps saying that most people keep saying things like it's really hard to hit to have many hits off of really elite pitching in the playoffs it's it's actually a good thing if your team if your team if the if the playoff team hits a lot of home runs because apparently it's easier to hit a home runs off of elite pitching than just have two or three hits in a row i i don't know i'm not a money ball guy or whatever it's called now in baseball like i believe in the numbers but is you're telling me it's easier to hit a home run off of Max Scherzer than it is to get a single off him and maybe get a walk? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. And at the same time, not every playoff team has elite pitching. Obviously, the playoff the teams that go to the playoffs are the best of the best, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have the best pitchers. And like I said in a few episodes ago, the Atlanta Braves and New York Yankees are super, super reliant on home runs. And sometimes that power can just get switched off. A couple of guys go into a slump. You actually you actually end up facing an elite pitcher who's not going to give up a home run. They might give up a hit, but they might not give up a home run. So that gives me food for thought. Obviously, I'm, an, I'm a Braves fan. And obviously, for you Yankee fans out there, you have Aaron Judge, the, the home run machine. So we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But you know what? What I do know is that the Braves and the Yankee players are going to be driving to their postseason games because both of them have a bye. They're going directly to the Division League's champ- excuse me, going directly to the Divisional League series. And so they're going to play the first two games in New York. The Braves are going to play the first two games just outside of Atlanta, obviously, in Truist Park. You know who else drives to see playoff games? We do. And we and we're able to drive to playoff games thanks to our show sponsor. American Motors Corporation. American cars guzzle gas. American cars are all style and no substance. American cars don't last. To all that, American Motors says, nuts. Our cars are meant to be more than just good looking. They're tough. Tougher than ever before. The only American cars with galvanized steel and 100% of the exterior body panel. More fuel efficient than ever before. For good-looking, high-mileage cars, don't sell the tough American short. Built to last from American Motors. Cheers to the American Motors Corporation. Buy American. This is a beautiful American. This is a beautiful American podcast episode. Drinking American beer. I'm going to be driving my American Motors Corporation car to the playoffs game. Whatever one I end up going to, maybe one in Tampa, maybe one in Atlanta. I don't know. The American Motors Corporation said you have to be tough because their cars are tough. And these baseball teams have to be tough in the playoffs. I'm going to bring back an old friend, Miss Cleo. We're going to look into the crystal ball. I like to be held accountable. Am I, I had predictions back in episode 68, the episode before this whole season started. I'm going to look at some of the predictions I made and obviously preview the playoffs. Back in episode 68, I said that the Arizona Diamondbacks who I really liked towards the end of the season, even though they're nowhere near the playoffs. I said in episode 68 that the Diamondbacks would lose over 100 games. Wrong. The Arizona Diamondbacks ended up with 74 wins and 88 losses, nowhere near 100 games. I also predicted that the Detroit Tigers would be a better team because in 2021, they finished with 77 wins, 85 losses, and then the Tigers started infusing all this amazing Young talent, Casey Meisel, Eichel, uh, Eichel, uh, Eichel Badu. Oh my goodness. Anyways, that's the half of Eisen talking. 
I was wrong because in 2022, they regressed. They went from 77 wins way back to 66 wins and 96 losses. The Detroit Tigers are for me one of the disappointing teams in 2022. I didn't predict them, I didn't predict that they were going to the playoffs. I just thought they were going to get better. And my crazy prediction was that the Kansas City Royals rookie shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. would hit more home runs than the New York Mets shortstop Francisco Lindor. Also wrong. Because Francisco Lindor ended up with 26 home runs and Bobby Witt Jr. ended up with 20 home runs. So at the end of the day, why do I even call up Miss Cleo? Because everything I touch ends up being wrong when it comes to baseball predictions. And I also said that in my dark horses to get to the World Series for the American League was either the Los Angeles Angels or the Seattle Mariners. So I kind of took I, I kind of cheated there because you, you should have one choice, not two. And in the National League, I said the dark horse is going to be the San Diego Padres. In the American League, the the Los Angeles Angels are not in the playoffs. The Angels did nothing. All they did was waste yet another year of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. But the Mariners made it to the playoffs for the first time since 2001. By the way, 2001, that was the year that the first Fast and the Furious film came out. And now there's like 11 of them. The Rock and all those guys in the Fast and the Furious They've gone to the moon. They've gone to Australia. They've gone to Greenland. I don't know where the heck. I've never actually seen any of those films, but I know they've been everywhere. And I know one of them, they were in space. They've done all that stuff. And the Seattle Mariners haven't been to the playoffs until finally, <laughs> 21 years later. So cheers to the Seattle Mariners. I like the Mariners. I love Julio Rodriguez, their center fielder. He's going to be amazing for years to come. I love their starting pitching, but I kind of get... This is just, this is, you know, I'm going to be super California right here. I'm going to be super Mitch White here. I just get the vibes that like Seattle, like Seattle's just like happy to be here. They're, they're a little, I don't want to say young is the wrong word because their pitching staff is actually pretty seasoned. It's they're inexperienced in playoffs in high pressure situation. And I'm not crazy about the Mariners defense. They're going to be on the road. Like I said earlier, up in Toronto, the Toronto Blue Jays are going to host the Seattle Mariners, the best of three in the wild card series. I don't think they have enough to get past the Blue Jays, one being on the road. And, and secondly, that defense does. I'm not crazy about that defense. The Blue Jays, they have a scary offense. It's scary. But at the same time with the Blue Jays, I think it's the lack of depth in pitching is going to hold them back. I, th I think they're going to win this matchup against the Seattle Mariners to move on to play the Houston Astros, but it's just the lack of pitching depth for the Blue Jays is gonna, that's going to constrain them to make a deep run. Maybe they, need sh they should bring back Mitch White if they actually get past the Seattle Mariners to, to go on to the American League Divisional Series. And you know what? My dark horse from the National League, Seattle, San Diego Padres, great moves. They didn't have the best season, but they still got into playoffs. As obviously, as we all know, the Padres traded for Juan Soto and Josh Bell in like one of the blockbuster trades of the past 10, 11 years. Oddly, I like the matchup with the New York Mets. Even if San Diego, they, San Diego has to fly, which they're probably doing tonight, or they probably already did this morning, flying to New York, to LaGuardia, obviously. The San Diego Padres are going to have very few fans at Citi Field. They will have no home games because, as we know, in the wildcard series, there's only they're going to be best of three. But if there's three games, all three games are going to be played at the home stadium of the higher seed, in this case, 
it's the New York Mets. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the San Diego Padres because they've poured so much money into that team and they've frankly underperformed over the past two years. Obviously, that clownish issue with shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. and him saying that he didn't take performance-enhancing drugs and then he's saying he did and whatever, all that nonsense. And obviously, Juan Soto and Josh Bell not playing well at all since they were traded from the Washington Nationals. But the San Diego Padres have one heck of a starting rota- starting pitching rotation. You Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Mike Clevenger, Blake Snell. I'm telling you, people are sleeping on the San Diego Padres. I think that Juan Soto and Manny Machado are going to go off. The statistical probability of a player like Juan Soto being this bad for this long are low. I just see him bouncing back along with Manny Machado. Look, Juan Soto, he already has a World Series championship ring. He lives for these moments. He helped that 2019 Washington National make, make that insane run. Like, no one saw that coming. And the Nationals went all the way through the National League. They took down the Dodgers, the mighty, mighty Dodgers. They took down the St. Louis Cardinals. And then they took down the Houston Astros. There was nothing. I mean, they went through the toughest teams in 2019. And Juan Soto was front and center for that. I genuinely think the San Diego Padres are going to take down the New York Mets. The brewery here, Grim Vice, is not going to... Uh, not going to be happy. It's probably, they're probably Mets fans, but <laughs> the San Diego Padres, I'm picking them over the New York Mets. But as I reset back from my previous predictions, I almost want to not take the Seattle Mariners. I don't want to take the Seattle Mariners now as my dark horse. My dark horse in the American League are the Cleveland Guardians. And hear me out. The Guardians, they don't hit home runs. But they have really, really good pitchers. But with the Guardians, I'm not crazy about the world, their their world, their wild card matchup because they're going to be hosting as the Cleveland Guardians won the National League Central Division. They're going to be hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm not crazy about this matchup for either team. I'm a Rays fan as well. They're my second team. But if you're looking at this from a from a Rays fan's perspective or a Guardians fan's perspective, you shouldn't be happy at all. I mean, yes, you're in the playoffs, but this is not a good matchup for either one of these teams. These two teams are mirror images of each other. Guardians and the Rays wildcard series is going to go the full three games. Both of these teams do not hit home runs. Both of these teams have excellent managers and excellent pitching. I prefer the Cleveland Guardians having play having having potentially played the Seattle Mariners in a wildcard series. That would have been better for Cleveland. When you're going up a when you're going up against a mirror image of yourself, this Cleveland Guardians Tampa Bay Rays World what why do they keep saying World Wildcard Series is a straight coin flip. I still think Cleveland gets out of this, but it's going to be a super super low scoring game and game low scoring games, and they're going to be very well played, but it's going to be super tough for whoever ends up winning this series. I do think, by the way, that the San Diego Padres and the New York Mets is the best, sexiest, it's going to be the funnest wildcard series. The San Diego Padres and New York Mets. That's going to be amazing. This Guardians and this Rays one, I don't know. And yes, and I am sticking with the San Diego Padres as my dark horse coming out of the National League to potentially to get to the World Series. I'm not saying they will, but that they're not my but I'm saying they're the dark horse to get to the World Series. I wanted 
to pick the Philadelphia Phillies as my dark horse for this playoffs. I really, really wanted to. The Philadelphia Phillies have a bad, bad, no, I mean like as in a badass, like they're amazing. I love their offense. They can score eight, 10 runs against anybody. But that defense, that Phillies defense is the worst defense in the play. They have the worst defensive team. Yeah, what is it? The worst defensive team in the playoffs? Whatever, how the heck you want to say it. Their defense is not good at all. And as I said earlier about the, the, the World Baseball Classic qualifiers, when you see errors, the other team is good enough to take advantage of it. These are the best teams in baseball that are left playing. It, that Phillies defense just ugh, gives me chills. Like, I just can't. I don't trust it. I can't trust it. So that's why I think the St. Louis, St. Louis Cardinals with their, um, by the way, their really good offense and a much better defense. I mean, you have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt at the corners. You're you're set. And the Cardinals are playing at home. I mean, come on. You're playing at home. You have a better defense. And your offense can basically, basically match up with the Phillies. I think the, I think the Cardinals are good to go. I think the Cardinals are going to take down the Phillies and move on to face the Atlanta Braves. I love talking about dark horses, but here's something else I want to talk about. The most volatile team in the playoffs this year, I think, are the New York Yankees. When I mean volatile, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up getting swept in the American League Division Series. But it also wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they went to the World Series. This team is so chaotic. It's so abnormal. I don't even, I can't even fathom the words right now. Unless Major League Baseball changes the rules so that Aaron Judge has to, he absolutely has to bat every single inning. I don't trust this Yankees team at all because they can be boom or bust. This New York Yankees 2022 team kind of reminds me of the LA Dodgers of 2017. If you remember that 2017 2017 LA Dodger team from the beginning of the year up until the 25th of August the Dodgers were on an absolute tear that team by the 25th of August had 91 wins and 36 losses it's mind-boggling let me say that again they had basically a month left to play and they had only lost 36 times up until the 25th of 25th of August and they won 91 times But from August until the middle of September, that Dodger team fell flat on its face. They ended up losing 16 of 17 games. I mean, there was a streak there when they lost 11 straight games. The Dodgers ended up with with 104 wins. They only lost 58. And that, that was the year that they lost to the Houston Astros in the World Series. Again, there you go again. When you talk about the Yankees, you always end up talking about the Houston Astros. The LA Dodgers lost to the Houston Astros in 2017 in seven games. And then it came out, of course, that the Houston Astros were cheating, using trash cans and cameras and whatever the heck they were doing. But that Dodger team was like historically good. And then they just forgot to play baseball. And the New York Yankees, as we all all remember, up until July, they were like playing, again, historically well. Everyone was like, this team is going to win 115 games. And they didn't because they haven't. They've played average baseball since the All-Star break. And here they are going into the playoffs with a lot of talent. But they haven't shown it over the past two months. And so that's why I think the Yankees are the most volatile team. I don't even know. I can't even predict what they're going to do. Because again, 
the Cleveland Guardians could easily go into Yankee Stadium and just sweep the Yankees. Or again, like I said, the Yankees could take down the the, the Rays, the Guardians, the, the Astros, the Mariners, whoever, and make it to the World Series. So who knows what's going to happen to the, to the New York Yankees because that team is absolutely just crazy. So again, my original American League Championship Series prediction was the Toronto Blue Jays against the Tampa Bay Rays way back at the beginning of the season. Now I'm going to revise that. My current prediction for the American League Championship Series is the Cleveland Guardians against the Houston Astros. And the Houston Astros have the bats. They have an amazing offense. The Houston Astros, I think, and it's not just me, a lot of people think, is they're just the most com- the most complete team, fantastic relief pitchers, excellent starting pitching, and all the offense you want. And forget about the Mets. The Astros have the best starting pitching staff. Forget about the Padres as well. The Astros have the best starting pitching staff in the playoffs. So I think the Houston Astros are coming out of the American League to play in the World Series again. In my original National League Championship Series preview back at the beginning of the season was the Atlanta Braves against the LA Dodgers for the third consecutive year. My revised National League Championship Series prediction is the Atlanta Braves against the LA Dodgers for the third consecutive year. But to do that, I think the Braves are going to need their rookie sensation pitcher, Spencer Strider. He ha- he's had an oblique injury, so the Braves shut him down for the past two weeks. Hopefully that he's recovered and he still has his timing and all the things that the pitcher needs because Spencer Strider is a strikeout machine. In the playoffs, you want pitchers that strike people out. Again, just like just like I had, we had said that it's a lot harder to get hits off of elite pitching you also have elite batters as well. So it's actually better for the pitcher to get strikeouts versus allowing the ball to get into play. And then who knows what's going to happen to your defense? Ask the Philadelphia Phillies. Ask the Seattle Mariners. You don't. You would rather have the batter strike out versus having the batter put the ball in play. And who knows what's going to happen? And the great thing about the Atlanta Braves is they hit a lot of home runs. The bad thing about the Atlanta Braves is that they hit a lot of home runs. Guys can get cold in a five-game series, which may not even go five games. If your guys aren't hitting and you're not hitting home runs, which you're super dependent on, your playoff series, your playoff season can can be over quick. And over for the LA Dodgers, I mean, look, the LA Dodgers, they won 111 games, absolute best team in Major League Baseball. They have Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner. That's a three-headed monster, and also let's not—they have the cool factor as well because they have those upside upside-down LA baseball hats. Because you're not cool unless you have an upside-down LA baseball hat. And what I mean upside-down is like instead of saying LA, they literally just make it upside-down letters LA. <laughs> but with the Dodgers, I don't trust their pitching. You have Julio Diaz, who's excellent. The lefty, the lefty Mexican, he's fantastic, and he's going to get Cy Young votes. And then you have a creaky Clayton Kershaw, which, talking about volatile, what Clayton Kershaw are you going to get? A healthy Clayton Kershaw who's going to give you seven innings of one-hit shutout ball? Or Clayton Kershaw that gives you one inning and has to leave because he pulled a back muscle? He has a creaky back. And then who else do you have? Maybe Tony Gonsolin. We love Tony Gonsolin because Tony Gonsolin loves cats. <laughs> and then, by the way, Dodger fans... So you get to the so you get to the late inning, you get to the eighth and the ninth inning, Julio Urias 
pitched seven innings, two hits, no runs. You you're only up by one run against I don't know the Houston Astros or the New York Mets, and then imagine this: Dodger Stadium, the lights go down, the music the music of "Let It Go, Let It Go" from the 2013 Frozen comes on, and through the bullpen doors, Craig Kimbrell comes out. <laughs> Can you imagine? You are going to be soiling your pantaloons when you see Craig Kimbrell come out of the bullpen to try to help save and end a one-run game in the playoffs. <laughs> By the way, he did. He Craig Kimbrell used to have the Metall- Metallica and what? So, I don't know. He I think he had a no Guns and Roses. Excuse me. He had a Guns and Roses song as his walkout song, and then he changed it to the 2013 film Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Those of you with like nieces and nephews and kids know know the song that I'm talking about. Dodger fans, do you really trust Craig Kimbrell to finish off a gem of a pitching game for Julio Rios in Game Three, Game Four against the Dodgers, against excuse me, against the Padres or against the Mets, against the Braves, against the Cardinals? Be real with yourself. Be absolutely real. Right now, you are terrified, and their lack the their lack of starting pitching. And their creaky, uh, unstable relief pitching. I don't totally trust this LA Dodger team. I do see a way for the LA Dodgers to get to the World Series and, and play the Houston Astros. The Dodgers need to take care of teams early. They need to sweep the National League Division Series game against either the New York Mets or the San Diego Padres or beat that team in four games. You don't want to go to five games. You're going to go deep into your starting bullpen, excuse me, starting pitchers. And then use up the bullpen every single day. The Dodgers don't have that. They simply do not have pitching depth. And in the National League Championship Series, if they get there, they're going to have to beat the brains out of the Atlanta Braves in four or five games. Or the St. Louis Cardinals. Or the Philadelphia Phillies. If the Braves, the Cardinals, or the Phillies go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. And and that series ends up at six and seven games. The Dodgers do not have the pitching to match up with the Phillies the Padres, or the Braves. So again, if the Dodgers are able to close out series early, either sweeping or just dropping one game at the most, the Dodgers are going to the World Series, and they probably, they're going to have a heck of a, of a matchup against the Houston Astros in seven games in the World Series. But if the Dodgers have to go five games in, in the division series, if they have to go to six and seven games in the National League, National League Championship Series, that's where their postseason is going to end. I do not. I do not trust that that pitching staff for the Atlanta the Atlanta Braves, the LA Dodgers, and ultimately, the World Series, the October Classic, which is now actually being played in November, <laughs> just a week or two before Thanksgiving. No big deal. I said at the beginning of the season that the Atlanta Braves were going to play the Toronto Blue Jays in a rematch of the 1992 World Series Classic, and the champions were going to be the Atlanta Braves. Now, I think the Atlanta Braves are going to play the Houston Astros. And the champion, stop me if you heard this before, the Atlanta Braves win their second consecutive World Series champions. I just raised my hands up. I would have another drink, but I ran out of beer because it's already in my belly. <laughs> but you know what? Not only will the Braves, hopefully, fingers crossed, become World Series champions, my listeners are my favorite champions. And our loyal listeners are my eternal champions. 
I want to thank a few new listeners. Again, international. I'm not complaining. I want more domestic ones, more domestic new listeners as well. But a few new listeners internationally. One from Managua, Nicaragua. Felicidades on, congratulations on qualifying to the World Baseball Classic. And to celebrate Nicaragua going to the World Baseball Classic in March, I'm going to play you a song from like back in like the 1930s. those old-timey songs thank you a new listener from Addis Ababa Ethiopia in east in eastern Addis Ababa Ethiopia in east Africa the horn of Africa and also a new listener from Nuit sur Seine France Nuit sur Seine is uh, just outside of Paris so yeah thank you bienvenue and uh, I'm sorry that France wasn't able to get out of the European qualifiers but Bruce Bochy for the former San Francisco Giants manager was the manager for France at the World Baseball Classic in uh, just a few weeks ago in, in Germany. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, whatever you want. We're on all the major platforms. A drink, a picture of my drink will be on <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. Let's get together next week for a brand new playoff episode of HBP Hipster Baseball Podcast. Bye.